0: I started meditating in 1975. Uh, I've done a lot of sittings and almost every time that I meditate when the sitting is about to come to an end, there's a voice that arises in my mind, ah, you really screwed that one up. Ah, you really, you didn't feel one breath. Who are you kidding, right? That's my past karma, right? So I see that and I cultivate an appreciation for my goodness as it's been expressed in the effort that i've made in the meditation so it's a really really good practice it's a really good practice one thing you can see that movement in the mind and everybody's movement in the mind is going to be a little different but um, the movement in my mind is probably somewhat similar to some of yours maybe 96 percent so you see that and then you have a chance to change your karma right you have a chance to change your karma and again you know when we're recognizing our goodness as it's expressed in our effort we're coming to the understanding that our goodness is the effort that we make right it's, it's it's it is expressed in the effort that we make it's not the results we're very results oriented right but the effort that you make to sit down and to close your eyes or not and to meditate is 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 you know i mean there's very few things that you're going to do in your life that are going to have uh, That are going to have that much profound impact on your life and the life of others. Just that effort that you're making, you know. But we don't kind of see it that way necessarily, particularly if we don't feel one breath. So it's a very, very useful practice uh, to you know. And I kind of do that pretty much at the end of every meditation. Is that's a good way to end? Is to reflect on the effort that you've made in that setting, the determination that you've shown. So what we're going to do is uh, I, I'll take a few questions, uh, just a few, and then uh, I'm going to say a little bit about uh, the practice that we can do during lunch, because lunch is really a practice period. So uh, it's kind of a practice in daily life period. So, uh, But first, maybe just a few questions, if anybody has any questions about uh, what I've talked about this morning or what's come up in your experience. Yeah. Well, your blessing. I mean, we're kind of categorizing our goodness as a blessing, just to kind of clarify that. Uh, so, you know, the effort that we make is a blessing. You know, our effort is our goodness, and it's a blessing that we've been bestowed with this goodness as human beings. So, just to kind of clarify that. But I think the point is is an important one in terms of the judgment. Is that clear what I just said? Yeah. So, so good. I I was hoping somebody would ask that question. Uh, you know, and I was like, I should have a whole section on resistance and the voices in the mind, but somebody will ask that question during this period. So that's part of the process. You know, as you're seeking, you know, the first part of the process is, uh, you know, you, you make an effort to cultivate the heart. You know, all right, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna make an effort to cultivate the heart. The next part is seeing the resistance to that, you know, and that's essential to the process because there's gonna be, things that are in the way of the heart. You know? So that's good. The reason why you're experiencing that is because you're making an effort to do that. You know? So you know, if you don't come here and make that effort, you're not going to notice that resistance to what's in the heart. So that's the right, that's right view. That's the right way to look at it. So it's like, oh, this is really interesting. You know, look at what's in the way of the heart and just observe that. You, know, you don't really need to do much, but just observe it. And you know, the heart will understand it. So OK, there's, there's that voice in the mind. There's that judgment in the mind. And just name it and just see it. You, know? you don't really need to do too much, but just create, create that. What you want to do is go from, oh, you don't really have goodness, to, OK, there's judgment. Okay? That's what you want to do. So that's your next step is to kind of shift to being the observer and just seeing it. And one of the things that you do there is you begin to understand it in that space, but you also create a space where you can kind of get through to the heart also. So it's very much part of the process, but where people get messed up with it is like, oh, look at that resistance. Oh, this is terrible. I don't, you know, so it's like, and then, then it's got you. That's what it wants you to do. What it doesn't want you to do is say, oh, there's my resistance. That's what's in the way of the heart. You know, my teacher that I really learned hard practices from, Michelle McDonald, was great at describing this. Somebody would ask this question, and she'd go, "That's wonderful! Oh, you're seeing your. This is fantastic!" You know, she. she I, I can She does it much better than I do. But so, so, so that's a. You know, that's a really important part of this practice. It's a really important part of the practice, and any hard practice is seeing the resistance. It's crucial. It's crucial. And to me the fact, you know, like Michelle would say, the fact that you're seeing that means that you're making the effort. You're starting to open the heart, but you're just coming up against the obstacles. Other questions? Yeah. I can feel the goodness and then get in touch with the gratitude that I can to experience that. then going to the third step, like the in your heart. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's you know and she said you know that she was able to rec- recollect her goodness and because we can all recollect you can all we can all remember it. I mean that's so everybody can do that second part is a little bit harder feeling the gratitude but a little bit easier so it's a good transitional piece discerning the brightness in the heart is is the most challenging part of it right so uh, and, it, and it can be really subtle right so uh, in part, what you want to be really careful about is getting frustrated, or even you know, I'm having trouble. No, you're doing really good. You know, the trouble is when you don't come here today and practice. But it's 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 you know, the heart is going to open when the heart opens, and you're going to be able to discern. But if you start adding on, you know, frustration or pushing too hard, you know, so. Uh, It'll, it'll arise, you know. It'll arise. Uh, again, you know, be careful about looking for something that's huge. It can be really, really subtle, you know. Uh, I mean, I always, you know, tell the story of being at the Metta Forest Monastery, you know, and it's like really hard and challenging, you know, and you're only eating one meal a day and stuff. And I was like, sucks this is terrible you know i was having a really hard time so i was like all right i can see that bright in the mind what a blessing it is to be here well you know how how grateful i am that i'm making this effort you know and i was just like not feeling anything you know but i just kept doing that and i kept doing that and finally after about a week or so i was like the joy just you know but at first i just you so you're planting those seeds you're planting those seeds you know and uh, gradually you'll begin to perceive it you know a little uh a little uh a little trick if you will uh, Thai teachers use that term sometimes little tricks uh, and some people have heard me say this many times but uh when you when you kind of bring your attention into that area do you feel were you feeling anything or yeah 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 yeah. yeah. You don't want to push it too hard, but sometimes what happens is, you know, but again, that sounds good, but, you know, again, you can't, but sometimes you'll just, like, notice a little something. It's very, very subtle. So, you know, you can just use that perception, okay, there's joy, and just kind of label it. Uh, the mind might go, well, oh, that really isn't joy. I just have, you know, a little heartburn, you know? So, so the right attitude is what? Good enough right? Am I really feeling joy? Well, I'm feeling a little something. Maybe it's just the way my shirt is rubbing against, no. It's like, well, I'm just a little warm. Maybe they should, no. All right, that's joy. Good enough. You see what I'm saying? So just kind of have that attitude of just like good enough. Am I feeling anything? Well, maybe I am. Okay, good enough. Because the mind is going, well, that can't really be it, you know, that kind of a thing. So really just try to have that attitude of good enough, good enough. The visualization only helps you get to the feeling. You know? You're using the head to connect to the heart. So the visualization is helping you get a felt sense. It's very subtle, right? It's an art, you know? Uh, you know the classical metaphor that the Buddha used, which is kind of perhaps inelegant, particularly since we're talking about non-harming, is like, you know, hunters in a, in a blind, you know, waiting for the deer to shoot, you know. You know, you have to hide behind the, you know, the trees or whatever and you have to be like, you know, be really quiet, you know, because otherwise, you know, the deer is gonna hear you there, you know. You know, but you have to pay really close attention, you know, because that moment when it just might have just one moment when it's there, but you have to be really super quiet. So you're just kinda like waiting but very attentively, and you don't know when it's gonna arise. But the big thing is be careful of the frustration about it. And you sort of adopt that. I've always been good at that for some reason. Ah, if I really feel, yeah, good enough. You know, so you sort of give it the benefit of the doubt and gradually, because that sort of counteracts that movement in the mind of like, I'm not feeling anything. This isn't good enough. But that's the third stage. So what I'm most concerned with in the practice is that that first stage of like the recollection. You know so one thing that can help with also is when you when you're doing the recollection when you're you know like all right I gave, I was generous I visited my friend in the hospital that kind of a thing uh, really pay attention to the voice that you're using really try to say it really earnestly not like yeah you know I I went to the hospital yeah I was generous you know it's like really try to say it with a sense of earnestness you know and know what you mean by those words of Generosity and giving, you know. Yeah, Jacques. Um, I guess it's the way my uh, resistance manifested, but I was thinking mean, of generosity and examples of generosity and then just suddenly a giant counterexample. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just very clumsy generosity. Right. And, then, and just like completely swept away by that. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's a good another good uh, in terms of working with resistance. So he, I, everybody, hear what he said. Like the, the resistance came up really strongly. So generally, what I would do at that point is just go back to the breath, you know, and find your center and ground, and uh, you know, just try to put that resistance to the side, and you know, just kind of go back to the breath. And then if you want to go back to the reflection or another element, try to do that. If not, don't try to push through it. I mean, the other thing that you can do is investigate, you know, what's coming up, you know? That's why, you know, when Michelle teaches this, she she teaches metta mostly, but metta vipassana. So, you know, I mean, I've done metta retreats where half the retreat was investigating my resistance. So you also could investigate the resistance, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're doing this at the beginning of the meditation, you don't really have the concentration to do that. So you just want to try to put that voice to the side by going that's why I said use the breath as, as, you know, home base to go back to and just put it to the side. But you know, those those things that are arising out of resistance are really deeply karmic. That's why I said, you know, how long it's been happening for me. So at some point you gotta look at that. You know, it just might not be in that moment when you're doing that, but that might be an opportunity. To, do, to look at it, but certainly, even if you're gonna look at it, first thing you should do is go back to the breath. And then you can just switch and reflect on something else, You know, if a lot of resistance is coming up in relation to a specific thing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, there's a, I could, you know, we could talk about that for the next 10 years. You know, I mean, that's all part of developing meditation technique. Like, what do you do when pain comes up? What do you do when emotional stuff comes up? So, you know, that, what you really, you know, because it's too long to go into what to do. I mean, generally, what you want to try to do at the beginning of the meditation is put it to the side if it's physical pain. If you can't, then move, you know, don't sit there and deal with it. You know, if you don't have enough concentration, you don't want it, you'll just be dwelling in it. So try to put it to the side if you're uncomfortable. If it's too uncomfortable, move, stand up. If you were brutally uncomfortable, you you could leave the room, you know, but you don't want to be sitting there dwelling in it. But that's part of the art of the medit, skill of the meditation is learning how to work with those qualities. You know, it's like, you know, my experience when I first started practicing, I don't know how long you've been practicing, was just like yours. And, you know, it was really, really super challenging. Now the same things happen, but I know what to do, you know. So it's more about developing your skill than anything else. You know, the first thing you want to do with uncomfortable is try to put it to the side and be very one-pointed, you know. The way that meditation tends to get taught in the West is go to it, go to it, sound, go to it, sense, don't. Do, I, I suggest not doing that. Uh, learn to be able to focus on one point and keep your attention there, because to there's too much stuff. What are you going to do when you go out on the street? You're going to be going all over the place. Tr- learn to try to develop one-pointedness and strength of mind so that you can keep your mind there, right? So I would suggest not going to it. You know, If you can keep your mind on the breath, do that. Say, okay. There's a version to it, but don't go to it, and otherwise put it to the side. F- try to focus on some place in the body that feels good. But again, it's there's a lot that goes into that question. You know, going back to Jacques too, uh, and and this also relates to what you were saying. Uh, you know, one thing I would probably do if uh, when I went back to the breath, you know, we're cultivating appreciation, but when you go back to the breath, if something is really coming up strongly. You know and if you're suffering with pain in the body shift to compassion right so let me have compassion for myself for this painful thing that's come up okay you know and I and, and it's a little bit it's not quite the same thing as like what you were talking about but I, I mean I was thinking about this you know it's like I'm saying you know have joy take joy and like I'm thinking like probably half these people like what is he talking about this is miserable you know everything aches you know so sometimes that You know, it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You just need to have compassion for yourself because it's a struggle, you know? Yeah, take a couple more. Yeah. It's level of it's a level of karmic benefit you know if, if, I mean if part of what you're giving is is influenced by self uh, you know getting something for yourself it's not as karmically pure and as powerful as if it was more selfless but it still has benefit. The Buddha said if, uh, if you had a cup of water and uh, you know you just like you drank some of it but you didn't want the rest and you just threw the water on the street and a dog went over there. And lapped it up, that would be considered an act of generosity, you know, so you know there's all levels of generosity you want to try to purify your generosity, you know but that you know and so it's really good that you're seeing that, but not to judge it and have the intention to try to purify it as you're going forward, but understand that it's still an expression of your goodness it 's just like your goodness you know you're, you're working to purify and develop your goodness, so it's still very much worthy of reflection i was reflecting on times i threw a cup of water and the cat came over and licked it now uh you know but so it's still it's still you know you that's that's parami you're still developing parami but you know you you're you know you're going to work to kind of deepen it and strengthen it you know so that's all part of you know you know and you know so there's levels of uh of generosity and things to reflect on uh that uh, you know will really bring even more brightness to the mind so if you reflect on that you know it's going to be help you bring brightness to the mind but maybe not as much as if it was pure you see what i'm saying and it, i'm glad you asked that question because i think you know it wasn't 100% pure so we discount it right because that's kind of how we are right but it was still really good it just you could do a little better maybe you know, but it's still really, really good. You know, and that's what we're really focusing on. This is really, really good. And once you start to see the benefits, because that's how you get better, right? Is like you see how it brightens the mind when you give. And you say, damn, this is good stuff. I'm even going to try to be even more pure in my generosity. You see? So be careful about like, that judgment you know, of the lack of purity of it. You know? There's always going to be some impurities in it, probably. But you're trying to make it more pure. So understanding the teaching and understanding, like you know, the Buddha said, there's certain gifts that bear greater fruit. You know, so giving in certain ways are, you know, like you know, the, the cup of water isn't going to bear as much fruit as you know, giving to the monk. You know, but it's still going to bear some fruit. So you're going to learn about ways that you can deepen in your generosity, so that you can brighten your mind, so that you can develop your concentration, so that you can develop more insight, so that you can be free. You know. So lunch uh if anybody does have uh, more questions, uh, well there'll be more questions time later, and also you can come up for me afterwards. So lunch is silent. We're going to r- maintain silence in this space, okay, in this space, we're silent, including the other rooms out there uh to maintain silence uh if you go out, I recommend maintaining silence uh If you're going to use the phone, you know, I never used to have to talk about this. 20 years ago, when I started teaching, there were no phones. Uh, you know, you ask yourself, do I really need to make this call? Is this really going to support me in my efforts to do what I'm doing here today? It may. You know, it may be I need to call and check on my kid who's sick, and that's an act of generosity. You know, so, you know, that's discernment. You have to see that. Uh, but I would do your best to try to maintain silence just to maintain the seamlessness so we can kind of deepen into this teaching. So when you're out there in the world, uh practice with the reflection. Practice with the reflections. So, you know, it just may be, you know, you're sitting here and you're eating your lunch and you just reflect for a moment. Wow, I came here today. You know, this is an expression of my goodness. Or you could recoll- you know, try to find those opportune moments. And it's just touching in. You know, you're not it's not meditating, right? It's just cause you need to this is where really a lot of your Learning to brighten the mind is going to come in. You train yourself in the meditation. Today was a very extensive training piece that we did, but ultimately, it's just you know you learn to touch in to the heart. And I like this term "touching in" that the Buddha used is really good because people think, "Well, I got to do the reflection when I'm walking down the street." No, you touch in. You know, you just touch in. You learn to touch in, so you can learn to touch into uh, you know your generosity. You can remember it. You know, you're remembering, or you can remember your virtue or you can remember you know, your effort that you're making today or any other time, so you can just touch into that kind of reflection. Uh, there may be opportune moments, uh, so you may do something generous at lunch, so then you know, reflect on that. Uh, or uh, you know, being silent at lunch is a reflection of, of your goodness, so you could reflect on that. So there may be times when you actually do something, that's generous or virtuous or is you know, being here isn't is an example of that. So that's, you know, in, in the moment. So it could be just a general reflection or as it relates to the specific moment that you're in. Also, you can work with some of the other reflections. So you can take the handout and it lists the other reflections which we'll work on this afternoon. So other beings. So you could reflect on the goodness of your partner who's watching your kids while you're here today. You know? Or you know the goodness of your kids who are you know uh, allowing you to come here today, or the goodness of your parents who maybe taught you values in your life that have enabled you to get here today and do this practice. Or you may see somebody on their street in the moment, or you may sit here while you're eating your lunch and reflect on the goodness of all these beings who've come here today. Okay, we'll work with this this afternoon, but you can start to because pr- it really is that's the end. In- or you're walking down the street, you know. And I mean it's it's a little hard necessarily to see people's goodness, but sometimes you see people doing, even in New York, you know, beautiful, generous things or acting in skillful ways. So, you know, instead of our usual, look at that schmuck, look at that idiot, ah, what's he do it's like start, you know, this is how you train the mind, right? It's really that's as my friend Harry used to say, God rest his soul, this is where the rubber meets the road, you know, when you're out there in the world. Can you change the way that you're relating to the world? You know? Or reflect on the blessing of the Dharma. Wow, what a blessing that I'm able to hear these teachings. Again, we'll talk about that. Or what a blessing that these teachings are available to us. Uh, and again, we'll work with these more specifically. Or just the, the reflection on the blessing of life. You know, it's like what a what a blessing it is to be alive today. As you're walking down the street, or just as you sit here and reflect. You know, in, if you're in this room. So, you know, you find those moments. It's not like you're doing it all the time. The Buddha said, you know, doing these reflections is really good, but if you do it too much, your mind gets tired, and then you start going into, you know, so it's like, oh, look at the generosity of that person who's helping that old person cross the road. And then it's like, maybe they're going to mug them, you know? It's like, so you just reflect, and then you go back to the breath. I don't know, I just thought of that. You know, so you reflect, and you go back to the breath. Classical reflection to brighten the mind on the goodness in the world is the reflection on nature. A little tricky here on 28th Street, but you know, you've got the park over here. I always say, just at one tree, you know, or a pigeon, you know, you reflect on the blessing of life and of nature. The Buddha said that's the easiest way to, that's why you have meditation retreats with other people, because other people brighten our minds. That's why meditation is stronger when we meditate with others. You know, it's not like some psychic vibration. It's because the mind brightens because of all these beings who are here to support us in our efforts to practice. Uh, So the reflection on nature is another one, you know. So, you know, just any aspect of nature, you know, the the Tibetans do the sky gazing. You know, you can look up at the sky if you're you're on a street with no green, you know. So uh, practice touching in, touching in, touching in uh, during the lunch period. And notice the resistance. I mean, I'm really glad that you guys brought up these questions about the resistance because it's really important. You know? So really, in particular, watch the resistance that takes the form of, what the hell was that guy talking about today? Why is he bothering to teach this stuff to, no, I'm just kidding. So sort of, sort of, but not really, right? You know, so it's like, wow, I could have done something else. So uh, have a great, great lunch. We're going to come back at 2 o'clock, OK? So you've got almost an hour and a half. Uh, which is, so that's something to be grateful for, right? And you can be grateful for the food that you have, uh, that your, ne- your basic needs are met uh, in terms of being able to provide food, clothing, and shelter for yourself. Thank you for listening.